Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, everyone. This is Ray Zander from Everyday Attraction. We're so excited to come to you this month of February with a focus on relationships. And we're going to kick off the month by replaying an encore show that we did not too long ago about finding your true spiritual partner. And then next week, we'll be leading up to our Valentine's Day relationship-focused show about romancing your inner being. So I just appreciate you all so much, and I'm so heartfelt grateful for the community that we're building around these powerful teachers, and I thank you so much. And I also want you to remember this week that you are always in the romance of your life. Have a great week and enjoy this show. Welcome to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. With Ray Zander, your guide, coach, and best gal pal. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Everyday Attraction. I'm your host for the hour. My name is Ray, and I'm here every week to delve more deeply and more fully into the knowing of who you really are, to delve into secret, wonderful morsels about how you can live your life more broadly, more joyfully, and more in the consciousness of what you intended when you came to this beautiful, fabulous incarnation. Welcome to another week of our show. And I always love the shows where I have my co-pilot, my metaphysical co-pilot on the show with me. Uh, Welcome to the show, Janice. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, always so good to have you. Janice Campbell is an author, teacher, coach, and she also has her own show on Unity Online Radio, Receive Your Life. Check that out on unity.fm. But we, we are, we have confessed, we are Abrahamites. (laughs) We are Abrahamsters. And we're also into a lot of other stuff, a lot of good stuff. But what we like to do each week, and we're going to do it again this week, is focus in on some of the wonderful information coming through Abraham Hicks, abraham-hicks.com, where we feel there's some leading edge information coming through. But this information is really coming through you parading as someone else. That's that's the metaphysical (laughs) translation of that. These teachers are really us speaking back at us. There's no real big mystery here, people. It's just a broader knowing and now we're we're getting some real fine-tuned information uh, about what's happening but I got to tell you Janice I had an extraordinary experience this last week um, had an opportunity to go to see in person uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith of the Agape International Center um, and that's agapelive.org for anyone listening who's not familiar with Reverend Michael if you've been living under a rock <laughs> and you haven't watched Oprah, (laughs) then you wouldn't know Reverend Michael. But Reverend Michael is – actually, I got to tell you a little bit is that Reverend Michael for me was was, um, a profound spiritual teacher 
back when I had kind of lost my way and, and some spiritual endeavors, I had found my way back to Agape in Los Angeles when I was living there and absolutely uh, recharged, energized, kicked my uh, spiritual life into high gear. So I am forever, forever grateful for to Reverend Michael and the Agape energy. Um, but what's so wonderful is now they've come together with Unity, and this was a Unity event here in the San Francisco Bay Area. So it was a Unity New Thought event and Reverend Michael. So my life is just coming together so beautifully. <laughs> but I want to um, – he inspired me to talk this week about uh, this – personal walk with God, this more personal experience of our inner being, our inner knowing, our broader consciousness, whatever you call it, um, uh, nature, energy, there's so many names for it, and we don't want to get stuck on any one. But I wanted to read just briefly, um, he has this life visioning process, which is just scrumptious. And one of the sort of cards he had had this quote in it, live in joyful awareness, as you mature in your evolution, you will begin to notice a joyful awareness permeating all your experiences. Even when you're having a so-called bad day, when your emotions are askew or when your body is, is maybe ailing temporarily, this is because you know that your life is the life of God and that you cannot be separate from its innate joy. The next time you find yourself having a difficult day, breathe deeply and remember who you are by affirming the following. As a spiritual being, I have never been born and will never die. I will continue to unfold, revealing the glory, nature, and spiritual qualities of love intelligence that are an infinite dimension of my being. <laughs> In joyful awareness, I acknowledge... If this is who I am. Mm, mm. I tell you, talk about concentrated knowing. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yes. I like it the part where when you're having a bad, that's what I've noticed. Like even when I'm having a bad day, there's something else going on where before it used to feel hopeless and bottomless. And now I could have like almost like both going on simultaneously. Yes, absolutely. But one part I don't get is as a spiritual, what was that? The quote, as a spiritual being, I have never been born. And will never die. But I get so the never part, die part, but I don't get the never, never been, been born. born. Well, that which eternal is not. Has, uh, the, the, no, the alpha omega thing, no beginning, yeah. no end. No beginning, no end, no. Just we, we just are, we just always have been here. We are, we are it, baby. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just like it's it's deep metaphysics. Yeah, I got to think about that. But yeah, right. It's almost like I've I've given a lot of thought to being eternal, and I yeah. I can feel that. Like, of course, we would never die. God doesn't die. How could we die? It's impossible. But I never really thought about the um not being born either. Yeah, I mean that's the part of eternal nature. If if it was if it was born, then that mean it it had ceased at some point. Right. It'd have to be jump-started. <laughs> yeah. And what, you know, what, what is, would be before the being born part? Right. <laughs> Isn't it lovely? I mean, it's really interesting to feel that and to know it at a metaphysical level. I don't know if you can really kind of get it at a, I don't know, a mind level. I think it goes beyond the mind. Well, can you but, read that? It's, it's slower. Maybe I just was yeah. to write it down. I think it's interesting. As a spiritual being, I've never been born. Wait, 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 slow, slow, slow. Okay. okay. As a spiritual being, yes, I have never been born. And will never die. Uh -huh. I will continue to unfold, revealing the glory, nature, and spiritual qualities of love intelligence that are 
an infinite dimension of my being. In joyful awareness, I acknowledge this is really who I am. Yeah. What was the love intelligence part? That was interesting. Love intelligence, the spiritual qualities of love dash intelligence, which is what they, what Agape and Reverend Michael, you know, I got to tell you, man, there's Sunday services, which are like zillions of people in Los Angeles coming together. Their Sunday services stream online. So if you can't get to church or you're looking for like an experience, go to agapelive.org and click on their Sunday services. Ooh, so good. But this is the kind of, it's very dense mm-hmm. what he's talking about. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you know, do a lot of fluffy. Yeah. No. So love, spiritual qualities. Of love intelligence. Yeah. And then yes. what are infinite? What was the rest? They're an infinite dimension of my being. They are. And I, and in joyful awareness. Now, really what, you know, what we're talking about here is this idea that although we're going through our trials, tribulations, manifestations, no manifestations, et cetera, et cetera, we have to remember that we are infinite intelligence. I mean, there has to be a broader perspective here somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There has to be a broader perspective that is keeping us cultivated in this idea that we are truly having sort of two experiences. We're having the physical, the personality, some call it the ego, and we're having, you know, this broader spiritual beating my heart, making the sun come up and down experience that's beyond our sort of everyday get the mail, go to work kind of thing. You know, we're kind of, we're straddling both of these worlds, the infinite. And, and of course, you know, unity talks about that, the sort of the, the, what is it? The personal and the The personality and the individuality. Yeah. But really it's like, sounds like what you're talking about is how, and it gets back to the, what Abraham talks about, I guess it's all the same stuff, but the blending you know, yes. blending, like Unity would say, blending the individuality into the personality so that there's more individuality than personality. Right. Present. Right. Like our purpose right. is kind of to keep releasing more and more of that individuality. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's so important that we remember that we're on this trip for a, a broader understanding of who we are as spiritual beings and that. You know, he, uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith talks a lot about the evolution of the soul, that there are stages of evolution. And, and, and this is like a deep kind of thing, and I'm not going to try and give it any uh, full, full understanding here, but you, you can find out more from his website. Uh, I think it's ReverendMichaelBeckwith.com. Uh, but he talks about like the first stage is, you know, you kind of blame everybody and it's all about them and it's their fault and it's your mother and your brother and it's your boss and you know you're kind of in that here's the reason my life isn't working and then you evolve to this knowing and understanding of the laws that we talk about every week this sort of broader understanding that that uh, your thoughts are things and that you're creating your world and you begin to understand the laws of the universe and you begin to focus your mind and use your mind body to start to create your reality in a more profound and likable way But then there's another stage, and I really feel like Abraham is also pulling us to this broader understanding that it is our walk with spirit. It is our walk with this personal relationship with our inner being that is really all this is about, that when we have this personal relationship and we're in the physical, it's kind of like bliss, blistum, (laughs) you know, because you can have a bad day. But as he talked about in that quote, you still underneath have this kind of momentum of joy. Yes. Yeah. There is an awakenedness about you right. that even when you're going through the contrast, you know, you're not, you're not 
getting cut off at the, at the legs. Mm-hmm. You still know that your life is the life of God. And this, there's actually two other stages. One is, is, you know, truly knowing that it is only about this walk with God that we are here to more fully understand and express and be more dexterous at going to the non-physical and the physical and really enjoying that translation. And then the fourth stage he talks about is, is just sort of being it. It's very kind of zen-y, kind of just be it. Don't even have a relationship with it. Just be it, be it, be it. And I don't know. It's kind of interesting. There's a lot of talk about, you know, energy on the planet shifting and, and all these wonderful things. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a profound time mm. to be alive. As, as Did we, he talk about how, like, these stages are um, – they naturally like there's not anything we do like when I look at the different stages of like going from blame to law of attraction, it feels so subtle and almost like it's kind of a, a natural like it, it's happening without any kind of awareness with it. But then you kind of notice what yeah. just happened and like I can right. kind of feel myself going into the three part more. And yeah. I'm just wondering, I guess just staying on the path eventually, it's kind of like just a natural unfoldment. Yeah, there's absolutely. nothing to really do about it or, you know, we don't want to speed it. It's not our job to kind of speed it. It's an evolution. Which... It's an evolution and there's no judgment. There's yeah. not one stage that is quote unquote better. And, and did he talk about that we go back and we go back to these back and forth or once, no, once you awaken, or is it linear? <laughs> yeah. I mean, once you awaken, you can't go back very far. Yeah. But like I notice can't... I sometimes blame if I'm having a really yeah. bad day. <laughs> Right. And, and I think that's kind of where we're at is I, I feel like I'm still straddling this, the second and third uh, stage where I, I go, I love the mind treatment. I love mm-hmm. using my mind to create my reality. I love, you know, still being in, very much involved in my thought process and my feeling process. I still dig that. But he's saying there's a point where when you get more further into your walk with source, that that becomes less of a focus. Yeah. No, I can that, see it being less of a focus, but I'm just wondering going back. I think if you slip back, you slip back for a few seconds, but you know, you're not gonna spend a week. Right. It's just not that interesting anymore. Yeah. It has no pull. It has no juice anymore because you sort of have have moved beyond it. I mean, it just, it doesn't have the kind of, um, understanding that, that, you know, that you truly are, you know, it reminds me of like the kids and I were really into watching gossip girl last year, last season, we watched all of them. Oh my God, this is so fun. And then this year, like, Oh, there's a new show on. And and I just wasn't, it was funny. Like the energy was just gone. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, that was so fun last year, but I'm kind of not into it anymore. <laughs> it's true. It's, and we do, we kind of, we kind of move to that next stage. But there isn't any pressure to kind of zoom through it. And, you know, as Abraham tells us, the deliciousness is that evolutionary process, mm-hmm. you know, and we want to be at peace with where we are and, and not get too, you know, decidedly focused on where we are, but are we, um, are we moving forward? As Abraham says, are we keeping up with who we've become? Which is which is really the key to this, but um, you know I find that this relationship, this intimate relationship with our inner being, our guide, our personal guide, there's so many words for it, and I think it really is difficult to even explain it in a, in a, a verbal way because it goes beyond language. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just pure vibrational feeling intensity knowing and uh i think it's it's a it sounds like we're dumbing it down a little bit when we try to put it into to language but let's do it anyway because (laughs) i think (laughs) it's a nice grounding of the fact that you know abraham is talking more and more and more about the fact that it's not about the manifestations it's not about the stuff it's not about you know 
the car, the house, the spouse, whatever. Um, all those things are lovely, but they, they're never satisfying in and of themselves because we'll be on to the next and on to the next. Yeah, I just had a thought. What do you think about, like it's, we say it's never about the material, but do you think we have to experience the material before we can let it go? Because yeah, like something I remember like, you know, if I buy something, then I have it out of my system. Like I may lose interest, but it, it stops tugging at me versus, oh, I have no interest. I've moved beyond that. I have no interest in material. Almost like I think physically we kind of have to, to get there to have the realization that this isn't what we were looking for. I absolutely think you're right. You know, I, I, I this kind of used to be a soapbox I stood on all the time when spiritual people said to people who were having a hard time paying their rent, you know, get get over it. Yeah. I said, no, you can't. I mean, right. if someone's struggling to pay their rent and pay their mortgage and, and or pay their credit card debt, you can't tell them, oh, you know, just don't worry about that. Well, it's you kind know? of tying it back to Abraham is you can never be someplace other than where you are. And the, mo- are. the best we could do is to, to make a shift, like yeah. a, an internal shift, an internal shift in our feeling. But it's it's a big of a, a shift we can make at that time. And there's nothing and, wrong with it. And material is not unspiritual i think right. gosh hello really come on people really really who is so so if something that's material what is it other than spiritual i mean everything is vibration well, and the flip side oh. of that is so so having no material items is more spiritual that makes no sense no it doesn't and but but it also is that idea that it's not about the material it is right. about experiential but i think the more spiritual evolved you become on the path you do care less about the material just because you're experiencing something else. You got beyond it. Yeah. There's something know? else that's more intriguing and more exciting. I know because they were talking about, Abraham was talking about at a workshop that, you know, they were talking about manifesting a car, you know. And and now a lot of folks, you know, who are, are, are doing this work for some time, like, yeah, I just get out and buy a car. I mean, it's not exactly a big mystical experience. Right. You know, I, I got the money. I paid for it. But I, I remember when getting a car, when my car was not looking good and all broken. That was a huge thing. Oh my God, to have a new card, that would be amazing. Like that just felt like a huge gap. Exactly. And now, like you say, okay, I need a new car or I want a new car. But we're always looking for more freedom Mm -hmm. to experience, more freedom to experience. So it's not about judging whether or not, you know, you got the stuff that you want in your life, but we have to realize that we have the freedom to experience our lives. And once we get the experiences under our belt, we're always looking for more. Yeah, because the growth, we want to keep growing. We're not going to stop. No, it's not about getting 10 cars. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I've experienced prosperity in the sense that I have food and shelter and I got kind of my basics covered, but my, but the point is until you kind of have the basics covered, mm-hmm. it's pretty difficult to say, just get over that. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can. Like I don't think you can. I remember when we were struggling financially, I did every trick in the book around prosperity I could yeah. think of. And it really, it really kind of wasn't making a difference until we shifted our physical plane. Yeah. You know I mean, like we sold the house, made different decisions, cleaned things up. And yeah. now I feel back on track because I was living out of, out of integrity with myself. It was yeah. too, my actions were so far out of whack with what I valued that it was painful. Like I wanted to be there, but I wasn't there. I was ahead of myself. Yes. And all that has to, like that has to be, has to be in order before you move on to this more heady stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and yet this is my, our experience. And I think if we're, you know, when I look at it, being really honest with myself and what I really need and what satisfies me. You don't 
necessarily need as much as you think you need. You know, like yeah. if you pull your attention in, stop the comparison track, stop what everybody else is doing, really pull into your path. Yes. You know, usually we're not that far off. Usually we're not. We are. And, and again, it is that trusting. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more specifically about this partnership and this relationship with this internal being that you have, whether you know it or not. Uh, you've got this internal being. And we're, we're going to play just a little bit of a track where Abraham talks specifically about this experience of your personal, internal, non-physical guide, God, love, and, uh, and we'll get into that more. Stay tuned. You're listening to Everyday Attraction with Janice and Ray, and we'll be right back after the break. Our goal at Unity Online Radio is to continue expanding our spiritual programming and growing our listening audience. To help us become an ever stronger voice in today's world, we ask for your support. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Turn to Everyday Attraction and the Metaphysical Porch with your spiritual neighbor, Ray Zander. Have a sit, get something to sip, and let's get real. Spiritual. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Attraction on Unity Online Radio, otherwise known as Unity.fm. And also AlignRadio.com, where we've got all kinds of wonderful shows going on 24-7, including Janice's show, Receive Your Life. And today we're talking about this more deeper knowing, this more personal relationship with Source. And I want to play kind of this lovely little snippet. Now, again, these workshops come from Abraham-Hicks.com. We share just a tiny little snippet, hoping that you will go to Abraham-Hicks.com and order the full workshop because these workshops are so scrumptious and so worth it. And hopefully go to their next one in person or their next webcast. But this one was in Chicago just recently. And um, I'm going to play just a little bit of it as this person talks about wanting to understand this this guide thing, this personal relationship with our inner being. Here we go. 
have a question. Yes. Uh, recently, I was for the first time listened to the uh, the tape of Jerry and Esther explaining what how this all sort of began for them and the Ouija board, Jerry's Ouija board, and all of these different things, and Esther's. Uh, Sort of resistance to the weirdness, and anyway, and uh, what I loved about it was that um, at the end of uh, Esther's meeting with, I believe, Theo, uh, the question was, "Would you like to know who your spiritual guide is?" And it, it, when I really thought about coming here and what I was going to ask, um, one, the questions kept seeming to get answered for me, but. Um, we would I, use I would different, like, ter- entirely different terminology today. That was a long really? time ago, and the message has evolved enormously since then. And so we would say something more like, are you interested in interacting with your spiritual partner? Rather than, because guide makes it sound like there's somebody sitting on the cloud that True. knows stuff that you don't know, and if you get in the right place, they'll True. give you information so you can stop falling off cliffs and stepping in potholes, and, and uh, it'll sort of help you watch out for trouble. And it's an entirely different thing than what that term guide implies. It's a partnership. It's, it's, that's why we call it the art of allowing, allowing the fullness of who I am to be present in the moment, which is what you're experiencing with that poignant, powerful, clear writing that you won't take claim of and must. Say that again. You wanted to explain to us in an effort to point out that you are tapped into something, that it wasn't you, it was something else. And Esther's been working for that distinction too. She wants people to know that there's a difference between Abraham and a difference between Esther. And anybody who's up close and personal to her has no problem knowing that difference. Because Abraham is consistently in alignment and Esther is not. Abraham is consistently in a state of love and appreciation and Esther is not. In other words, we're not asking you to hold yourself to those standards, but we do want you to take credit for and acknowledge those moments in time when you have achieved a vibrational frequency that allows the fullness of who you are to flow. And that really is what you are wanting. You're wanting more of those moments when more of you flows in this that, that's the whole point of this. You didn't come to prove something to anybody. You came to live and allow the fullness of who you are to be present in this leading edge environment. And that speaks to the thing that we, we touched on earlier today that most humans don't get at all. And that is about the power and the perfection of this leading edge physical environment and the leading edge of sourceness that it is also. In other words, humans have wanted to make this place materialistic and they want to make heaven spiritual and they want to make this place a trial grounds while they want to make heaven the rewarding place. And we want you to understand that here in this physical environment is the leading edge of all that you consider to be good and all that you consider to be God. Here you are. This is your workplace. This is your place. This is your creation. You and that which you call God are the creator of all of this, you see. Ooh. I just got to stop there. <laughs> Wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? Again, this was the Chicago relationship to that Chicago workshop, 2011. Go get it. Go get it. Anyway. So, mm, um, going, I thought it was so fascinating when they stopped and they said, well, we wouldn't say that today. We wouldn't right. say Esther was looking for her. And isn't that fabulous? Yes. It has evolved. Well, you know, I heard a few things differently in this too. Um, I think it is, it reminds me sometimes with the God concept, we're like a hot potato. Oh, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. It's God, God. You know, like we don't want to take any ownership of this, almost like it's this separate entity outside of us that's so much better and holier than us. 
where it right. kind of goes into the whole old religion thing. We're just this, you know, little whatever you call it, you know, this puppet, <laughs> this puppet. But really, it's all about God. And what? But then again, I'm thinking of the Bible when Jesus said, you know, do not. What does he say? Do not think it's me, but it's the Father. Within me. Within me. So do, basically, don't look at me. But yet what they're kind of talking about is you kind of have to take ownership of this. This is a blending. This is a yes. one doesn't happen without the other. And let's talk about these two words. Let's really focus in on these two words, guide versus partner. Mm-hmm. Very different vibrational knowing between a guide. Mm-hmm. Tell me a, what, or, like a guide, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. I'm listening. Right. I'm listening. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll get it. I'll get it if you say it one more time. Or, yeah. oh, I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a pinch here, guide. Right. What should Give I do? Give me something good. Guide me in some good direction. I hope I have a good guide. You know? Right. <laughs> I hope my guide is good. But this whole idea of evolution that we are watching and experiencing this evolution of the Abraham work and our own conscious evolution, it is a spiritual partnership. And this is what Reverend Michael Beckwith was talking about. It is claiming the spiritual partnership. But but did you hear that part where they said, yet there's still a difference between Esther and Abraham? Now, again, remember, we call Abraham is her spiritual self, her high self, her knowing, the God self. So isn't that interesting that there's still a difference? And that's good. But it is key, it is key to credit and acknowledge. But, you know, I didn't understand that because they said, OK, so Abraham is consistently in, in love and alignment. Esther is consistently not in love and alignment. But yet when we talk about a blended being, we're really a combination of both of it. Well, I wouldn't say she's never. No, but I mean, I think they said that or hardly ever. I mean, it seems so extreme to me instead of really, it feels like it would be, it would be Esther with throughout the day, more and more of Abraham being present within her because she's calling it Abraham as opposed to kind of the separate entity that she has to make connection with. Well, I think that is that blending experience, but we wouldn't be here in the physical if there wasn't a difference. We would just be with the non-physical. Right. But don't you think it's more, we're, we're more blended and integrated throughout the day? Like maybe sometime, you know, getting back to the personality and individuality. Oh, absolutely. The fact that our heart beats Like if perfectly. we have 70% yeah. individuality, 30% personality, other days we may have 70% personality, 30% individuality. But oh, if- I, don't, I don't even, th- I'm thinking, I'm thinking 99.9% spirit and this kind of other percentage that's experiencing a slight separation from the remembering of who yeah. they are. I guess I, I think I, of it like a day, you know what I mean? Like if we're yeah. awake for 12 hours of the day, what percentage are we living from our um, full self versus yeah. our human self or whatever you want to call it? Or, you know, like yes. personality and it's an versus individuality. It's an interesting balancing because, uh, first of all, the, but, but I think at the same time they don't want us to judge that being in one or the other is lesser or more because remember it's about a creative process. It's not a judgment, right? It's a creative process that you go out on the leading edge and get a little disconnected to have a little contrast so that you have something to bring back to the fold for expansion. Right. Like we need it. We need both. We need both. But then again, the Beckwick thing about the evolution is, is seems to me like the, where the energy that we're moving toward is to be live more and more connected more and more of the time. I think the key word here is choosing. See, we can choose, 
We're becoming consciously aware of the fact that we're choosing in every moment in time, whether to be blended or go out and have some contrast. And it's awakening to the choice that we're making and that we're allowing ourselves to live more and more in alignment with our broader knowing, but still choosing to go out and have some contrast, to push, to to, to misunderstand, to make mistakes, to be in you know, outside right. of quote unquote alignment that, but we're choosing that it's not being done to us. Right. It's, and and do you think sometimes we choose unconsciously? We are. To... I think we are. But, but when we become more aware of the fact that we're choosing to be in alignment or not, then it, then the whole life game becomes really kind of fun. Well, cause we could always come back. We, we always know we can come back. We've so had enough we, contrast. <laughs> it's when we forget that we can come back that we suffer. Right. When we feel right. like we're at the effect of our circumstances. Right. I mean, you, you said this before, a roller coaster is only fun if you know it's controlled. And if you safe, think, right. If we really thought that, you know, most of the time we're going to fall off and die, we probably wouldn't be riding it. <laughs> and we wouldn't be having a very good time, which is what suffering is in the, in the yeah. planet. You know, when we don't remember that there is a broader safety net, if you will, or structure that we can always move back to. But I love this, like there's nothing to prove Yes. You know, we're on, we're just allowing the fullness into the leading edge. We're acknowledging the power and the perfection of this leading edge and that this is heaven. Did yeah. you get yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the reward at the end of the trial period. <laughs> this is it. This is the proving ground. And of course, this can be heaven or hell, depending on your perspective and your understanding. I mean, I understand that this can be hell. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that there is no other place that um, can all, because Jesus said that, you know, the, you know, the kingdom of God is within. It is not in a separate place, in a separate knowing. But the understanding that God is evolving with us in this leading edge place, I think, is very Abraham leading edge kind of information. I have never heard that before. You know, that we are part of the evolution of God by being in this physical form and experiencing the contrast and sending back to the, you know, the broader knowing another their opportunity, another consciousness of how this should be. Yeah. You know, it reminds you know? me of that statement, like, we matter. You matter. You matter. matter. I mean, what you're doing, what you say yes to, what you say no to, where you choose to place your thoughts or whatever it is, is it it matters. Sometimes it it feels like it's somebody else's story and we're just kind of doing our thing over on the side, but it's, it's, we're all integral parts. (laughs) You're mattering. And your thinking is having an impact. It's having an impact on your life and it's also having an impact on the broader knowing, the broader consciousness. So you want to become more aware and responsible for how you're focusing this energy. But just see again, I love the freedom of this information, this sort of spiritual partnership. Well, also that- too, when you hear it, like I always, you could tell when you hear something, whether or not it resonates with you. Yes. You know, that whole thing about... You know, it makes sense that we're blended beings. It makes sense that we're in partnership. It's, it yes. just it just makes sense. Yes. But if you're not aware of the broader knowing and the broader partnership, then suffering is just really constant because there's fear and doubt and worry and all that kind well, of stuff. So many things have to shift outside for us to feel better, too. And, and then we feel yeah. powerless because we can't we can't shift people. <laughs> we can't make them do different things or say different things or act different ways, but we can control where we choose to place our focus. But what if we were to change our focus about getting things or even getting experiences to really just focusing on a relationship with this inner broader mm-hmm. knowing? 
you know, I feel like that truly is what we're being called to do, that it is not just about understanding law of attraction and applying it on a daily basis. That's satisfying. But there is also just this cultivation. And, you know, I ask myself, what kind of time am I spending cultivating this relationship with my personal my personal source, my inner being, my, my non-physical consciousness, meditation, prayer, whatever it is, am I spending any time? My grandmother used to say, I'm going into worship, which was her way of saying in the morning, she would go into her Bible yes, reading, yes. you know, I'm going into worship. Well, I love that. You know, lately I've been thinking too, like, um, you know, after Steve Jobs death and yes, he made a huge contribution to so many people. Um, I love Apple products, but it's at the same time, it's kind of like, it kind of is that thing like, what does it really, why does it really matter? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think like, like everything that we're kind of creating and doing now, it feels so important, but mm-hmm. in a way, how important is it? Like at the end of the day, right. I don't know, like, like I think like what you're saying is really what's most important to us is that relationship because things like life comes and goes. Comes and goes and, you know, and money can't save you. And I mean, here, here's a guy who had $7 billion. Yes. That's with a B billion, $7 billion. And, and he knew, I mean, he lived in a pretty modest house for a billionaire Uh in Palo Alto. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's extraordinarily. It has an orchard. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. But it, but it's, you know, if you've ever been to Palo Alto, it's pretty much like all the other houses. Like all the other houses there it was not, you know, oh, the gated and then you think about, oh, that must be satisfying. He, he knew that his satisfaction was, deeper. I'm not saying he he was some sort of of spiritual guide here. I'm just saying that he knew that there was more to it than just the stuff and the manifesting of the stuff. And it wasn't what fed him. Like he even said he didn't, he didn't like money and he really couldn't stand (laughs) it when people led with the money. That was one of my peeves is when people made their decisions based on money. So I think, you know, his life uh, introspectively was about his awakening to his own internal knowing. And, and of course I didn't know him and the book has just come out, you know, about him, which I think is going to be really interesting. But my bet is he had a pretty rich internal relationship with something. I know that he went back and forth on it about something that's just beyond him. Yes. There's something beyond me and I don't know what this is. And I know he went through periods of not really caring or not really knowing, but I'm sure toward the end of his life, it probably got his attention where it gets back to these relationships. It's like he was listening to a different calling. He wasn't listening to the calling of the world. He yeah. was hearing something else. Something else had his attention. And the calling of the relationships, his own internal yeah. relationship and the relationships with those around him that were close. I mean, it's cliche. We all know that we go back to those internal relationships and connections ultimately, not necessarily the money or the success. Or uh, It's just really interesting to watch it on such a huge scale in his situation. Yeah. But let's go back to this um to this uh, little bit of the workshop that happened in Chicago not too many months ago, where we're talking more about understanding this personal relationship with our our internal non-physical selves. Let's listen some more. And all of it, even in that which you call ugliness or that which you call sickness or that which you call poverty, that which you call unwanted, all of it is beautiful in the eyes of source because all of the contrast is necessary in the continuation of the beingness of it, you see. And when you accept it and make peace with it in that way and really, really know that, then you're on your way to immediate manifestations, not just of the emotion, but the full-blown ones that your neighbors can see too. 
And so with all of that, we want you to take credit for that writing that comes through you. Because first of all, if you weren't part of it, there would be no words focused. In other words, source does not speak in words. Source speaks in vibration. And somebody needs to translate it if there are going to be any words. And you can't translate it unless you're in the vibrational vicinity of it. So it is a partnership. It is a blending that is meaningful. And you are the most essential part of it because source is flowing all day, every day anyway. You're the translator of the source that flows. There. We finally said what we were reaching for. You are the translation of the source that flows. And it's time for you to, in your worthiness, accept the perfection of that which you are, no matter where you stand, you see. Yes. There is great love for you. And for you. Mm, That was a Jesus moment. That's what I call that right there. (laughs) That was a come to Jesus moment. Mm, And what was the moment for you? What was the come to Jesus moment? Well, the, the translation of source, you are here to translate this universal flow, mm-hmm. capture it, yes. translate it in any way, shape or form, and you're the essential part yeah. of that. Like a source doesn't speak in words. There we go. <laughs> but then also a part, I didn't really catch all of it, but at the very end, the worthiness, I thought that was interesting. Right after she was talking about you are the translation of the source that flows, but you have to feel worthy to that. Yeah, and you have to take credit for it. Yeah. This particular guy in, in the in the little capture before he asked this question, he was he's a writer, and he was trying to understand this whole creative process where he gets these words and he doesn't know where they come from, and he just writes them down. But can he take credit for them because he really didn't think mm-hmm. about them? Mm-hmm. And it's again this it's just, it's acceptance of our our infinite intelligence as we tap through it and this has been talked about for ages and thousands and thousands of years but it almost feels too like taking taking responsibility for the gift that is given to you and then being a good steward of that gift yeah you're like carrying it out instead of like ah not here not here (laughs) i like that idea that word steward stewardship that's kind of an old christian word from my from my background stewardship and and also this sort of discipline um, and discipleship about just honoring that if you're in this physical cavity that you've got a lot more going on and that to honor that you are an opening, mm-hmm. you are a translator. And how are you treating this body of translation? Yeah. How are you treating? Are What's the language you're using internally to speak to this opening of the universe, this penmanship of God? How are you treating it? How are you being with it in the world? And it is that, again, um, you know, just honoring that, just honoring it. And I got to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk about that first part where they just really said that even in the ugliness and the poverty and the contrast, God sees beauty. Ooh, stay tuned, people. It's getting juicy. You're listening to Everyday Attraction with Janice and Ray. We'll be right back right after this break. Stay tuned. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh, only on Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. To learn more, become a fan of our Facebook page, search for Everyday Attraction, or email us at everydayattraction at unity.fm. Your comments and participation are sincerely welcome. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Attraction on unity.fm and alignradio.com. And I'm here with my co-pilot my metaphysical co-pilot janice here too so we were just talking about the first snippet that we heard from that workshop where they were just they're doing that rant thing that they do that i love that even the ugliness and the poverty and the contrast is through god's eyes it is beautiful because it is evolving and i'm like whoa (laughs) you know whoa it's just really it's sort of a magnificent way of understanding it it's still kind of confusing but you know, it's, it's but, but they're saying it's all beautiful in the eyes of Source, and if we make peace with it and really know it, because it's what is the seed for the con the next birth. It's moving to something. Yeah, it is moving, and I think the reason God is seeing beauty in it because they know it's not done. It is not complete. Right. You know, it, they can't. They they're not judging something. It's connected it's to something else, and we can't right. see it yet. But if we're judging that, saying, "Oh, this is bad. This is wrong. This shouldn't be that way," how do we know? We're only seeing a tiny piece of it. Exactly, and we have to wake up to this understanding of contrast. You know that we wouldn't be able to take a picture if there wasn't light contrast. We wouldn't be able to uh, have a hot cup of cocoa if there wasn't contrast from the air, from the mug, from your lip. I mean, we really have to embrace this concept of of diversity of energy and vibration and come to peace with the fact that there is nothing wrong with contrast if we understand. But, you know, I think sometimes with the contrast, why it escalates is because we attach it to something else. So if something unpleasant or bad or something not to our liking happens, I think a lot of the pain is attaching it to something else. Like, oh, this is my fault. This means I will never, instead of knowing that it's attached to something greater, we think it's attached to something worse or more of the same or we'll never get out of this situation instead of this is, you know, this too shall pass. This is part of the evolution and growth. And realizing that the highest potential lives within that circumstance. You know, as, as, as Reverend Michael Beckwith talked a lot about in this recent talk, that the, that the oak tree is alive in the acorn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a beautiful metaphor that the highest potential, the oak tree, lives within the acorn. It is built into it. But we have to see with the eyes of source to understand that the mechanics are already there. So when we look at poverty, when we look at contrast, when we look at quote-unquote ugliness, we have to see through the eyes of source and understand that the oak tree is within there. Right. And it is our opportunity to to cultivate the acorn, Mm -hmm. to give it the ground to which it can burst open and realize its potential. That's what we're here for, to burst open that acorn and burst open. So in the contrast of your life, and I, and I say this jokingly, but I really mean it, kiss the contrast because <laughs> it is there that you're birthing the highest potential of something that's wanting to have its way in your life. I can see this so clearly too in, you know, in our life, but also in our relationships. 
It's like yes. looking at the circumstances, coming to conclusions, thinking that that's it, instead of knowing yeah. the truth about who someone is, seeing them yes. through the eyes of source. Yes, they may be suffering. Yes, they may be sick. But we could see beyond that to who they yes. really are. We don't have to get tricked by the circumstances. And become willing to know that this is consciousness and evolution. Mm-hmm. This is how there things nothing... grow and evolve and develop. And <laughs> Yeah. It's, it, it really truly is a, a, a deeper spiritual knowing that allows you to be at peace with even the tumultuousness. But, but the important thing is not to just settle with the tumultuousness. Oh, this is just is how it has to be. Yeah. No, we have to be that which cultivates the highest potential within ourselves and within the circumstance. But so much of it is through the eyes and the consciousness than it is about the necessarily the doing. The doing is important and, and we want to go with inspired action. But unless you have the eyes of source and know that the potential and the highest potential is unfolding even under this seemingly quote unquote tragic situation, then your action cannot be guided. Yeah. You know? Well, it's misplaced. A, it's misplaced yeah. and exhausted. Yes. <laughs> running around, you know, and, and I think it is, um, but, but I do think we have to take refuge time and time again back to this internal relationship to be comforted by it because on the leading edge, it can be, it can be something, man, you know, to see the contrast, to see the suffering, to see even in our own lives that which is quote unquote missing. We need to take refuge at point and to let our minds rest. And I think, um, Reverend Michael talked a lot about meditation, you know, a form of meditation that allows us to quiet our mind and to remember this relationship with this broader knowing, you know? Yes. I always love the story too of Jesus, the way he would go away, come back, go away, right. come back. And, and a lot of times we think, oh, we don't deserve a vacation or, you know, <laughs> we're holding it like uh, it's it's like um, a treat or a dessert instead of it being part of the meal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it sustains and, and, us. It's part of our nutrition. Yeah. That Going, retreat. We need to do that. That retreat and giving it not not something like you say as a as a kind of nice to have, but as an essential part of our ability to be on the leading edge and take forward this consciousness. I mean, I've met spiritual folks who haven't had a retreat in a while. <laughs> it ain't pretty, people. <laughs> it is not pretty. Go to meditation now. <laughs> Do not stop. But you know, maybe this is part of it. You know, just listening to you, I think it's 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 all part of the practice like one is yes. not more important than the other you know but they are people connecting and giving in that way is not more important than giving to ourselves but it's the blending again yes it's the blending and it's the balancing those wonderful b words you know um uh, of realizing that we can talk hours and hours about processes on how to manifest mm-hmm. but unless we're seated in the knowing of who we really are that we're so much more than these processes, then it will just be an endless doing without much rest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the resting in God, the resting in consciousness, the knowing that I am out here to have an experience and yet I am, you know, cared for. Then I am covered that I, my, you know, I got, they got my back. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be so much more bold in the world. I think if you know that. It's got your back. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's really your foundation and connection. 
You know, yes. it's just knowing it's there. Because think about like the flip side of that is like, oh, my God, that has to look that has to work out perfectly or I'm in trouble. Or if that doesn't happen, <laughs> like if we really believe that our source lives outside ourselves, that's a hard job. It really is. There's so many and moving then, pieces to try to line up. And we're chasing. Then we're chasing something. Mm-hmm. And I think it is that releasing of the chase that one truly comes into a different type of maturity. And and I don't want to say that as a judgment, but it is it's good to know that. That'd be an interesting show, the releasing of the chase. Oh, <laughs> The chase, because I think, you know, what we hear from Abraham endlessly is that if you are only aware of the wanting and not in the joyful exhilaration of who you really are, even these leading edge teachings will not be satisfied. Well, and it's just more of the chase, you know, one yeah. more tape, one more book, one more talk. It's the same cycle. Oh, can we talk about that for a minute? I mean, if you don't have this groundedness of knowing this this sort of broader self. This is another tinny process. Here's what you do with your emotions. Here's how you how you manipulate this situation. I mean, it really has no breadth and depth yeah. without that. But I really it's think it, it depends on where you're coming from. If it's again, it's the lack versus abundance. If it's coming yeah. from I need this to save me, like coming from that consciousness of there's something missing and this is going to be my missing piece and then I'm going to be fine is very different from like being with it, integrating into your life. It's almost like then it becomes like icing on the cake. Yes. Instead of like, yeah. oh, my God, I need this or I'm not going to survive. It's just like a, well, it's just like a relationship. Yeah. If you're in a relationship with someone, and you're like, oh, my God, if he ever left me, I'd be devastated. I don't know what I would do versus we're in a partnership, a loving partnership, and I love my partnership, and we create together, and it's, you know, we're always exploring and growing. It's very different from the scarcity of we need the books, the materials. Yes, and the, and the depth of that relationship, I'll take it even one step further, this relationship will never leave you. I love that. I love it. That's what makes never. it different from every other relationship. <laughs> yeah, even if a 25-year-old blonde yes. comes along, <laughs> it won't leave you. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's not based on any criteria that could possibly evoke it. I and mean, you don't have to earn or deserve it. It's just there. We just have to it receive is. it. We just have to receive it. You couldn't dump it if you tried. Yeah. You know, it's just so good. And and because because of that, we can go into what that Beckwith quote had earlier. We cannot be separate from its innate joy. Isn't that interesting? So it's like, and I, I've experienced this before. It's like. I'm on the leading edge, having contrast, but I still got my breath. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I don't feel like I'm being suffocated. You know, it's like my innate joy, my innate knowing is still present, but I'm, but I'm, I'm having some pretty intense emotions out there. Yeah, but you don't you go know? all the way back. That's what I've noticed. No. I never go. Like I remember in my 20s being so depressed, off and on, and oh my god, I'm never going to have this. This is never going to happen. I'm thinking, wow, I just never go back that far. <laughs> But I want to talk a little bit more about this this kind of consciousness of imagine being in a marriage where you were totally in love with the person and they would never leave you, ever, yeah. ever. It was like nothing you could do or say or that would that would break up this relationship. That is the kind of stability that allows really interesting lives to be sprung from. Yeah. You know. But I think what you're saying earlier it's that it's like a security. It's a, yeah. it's so, such a feeling of deep security. I mean, 
spirit won't even die. I mean, <laughs> you know, your spouse may die before you. <laughs> yes. I mean, even, even if they stay in love with you and don't go anywhere, they still may die. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but I think it's so important for us to have that sort of stable ground because then I think you can be creative. You can be creative without having to go insane. Because I think there have been great creative people on the planet, but without this platform, they can go absolutely – this knowing. They all have it, but without the knowing. But I think the pain comes when you bring it out into the world. And if you get rejection or if people are not into it or they devalue it, then it's easy to get off base. But if you're not looking out to the world to tell you whether or not there's value here, but you're feeling it from within. It's a done deal. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. Well, Janice, we have come to another end of our show. That hour just zipped by. Thank you again for uh, sitting on this metaphysical porch and going deeper with this information. It is always so satisfying and pleasurable. Have a wonderful week. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Everyday Attraction with Janice Campbell and Ray Zander. Now, Janice has a show again on Unity Online Radio, unity.fm, that you can listen to every Thursday at 9 o'clock Pacific time. And if you'd like to speak with Janice, maybe you want to be on her show. She does some wonderful coaching uh, send her an email, Janice at receiveyourlife.com. Well, can you cultivate your discipline this week? <laughs> <laughs> As our wonderful Reverend Michael would say, stop short-circuiting your growth, development, unfoldment, and start up-leveling your wattage for awakening so that you can carry and radiate more bliss in your life because that is really who you are. Thank you for listening, and as we'd like to end our show every week, we have our wonderful Charcel with a Law of Attraction card reading. Now, you can get your own card deck at abraham-hicks.com, and they will send them right to you so you can carry them in your pocket. But until then, enjoy. Know that life is good unless you have other plans. Be well. Welcome to the Law of Attraction card reading. What if everything was always working out for me. When you play the what-if game, look for things that make you feel better. There is never a situation in which there is not a way out. But out of habit, most people continue to choose the lack perspective until they eventually find themselves where it seems that there are no more choices. But as you hold your in Tension to look for evidence of well-being and thriving and success and happiness, you will tune yourself to the vibrations of those things. And so those kinds of good-feeling experiences will dominate your life. What if everything was always working out for you? This is Charcel reminding you that like attracts like and that today is sunny with possibilities. I know it's always working out for me. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Join Ray every Friday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio for more ways to align with your source and start living the life you intended to live. Everyday Attraction is sponsored by Send Out Cards. 
go to www.sendoutcards.com slash attraction and mail a free card that you personalize to someone you appreciate. Don't wait. Act on your promptings to appreciate today at www.sendoutcards.com slash attraction. Everyday Attraction is recorded live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time on Align Radio, alignradio.com.